recording now. Oh, <laughs> well, I I, I, I stopped I stopped when we fucked up the the beginning when I couldn't oh, hear you. Uh, but it's all right. We're recording now. Uh, okay, so you the you have low horsepower in your in your GT eighty six. Yeah, yeah, I have I have upsettingly low horsepower. Yeah. Um, but no, I was, with what I was, mods again? You said just the exhaust and like a drop in filter and a like a <clears throat> mail tune basically. Yeah, so, um, like, the whole idea behind me building my car was just to make it as reliable as possible, or I should say keep it as reliable as possible, and, you know, like, street car. Like, I want to be able to drive the car to the track. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all I I have done is, like, with the engine itself, I did the uh, Gretti baffle plate, and Mm -hmm. then I did the Killer B oil pickup, because oil pressure is one thing that the FA20 struggles with. Um, and then it's just like full Tomei exhaust. So it's the stainless header over pipe and then titanium cap back or yeah, titanium cap back. Um, then it's just the K&N drop in filter. Everything else is 100% factory besides like a, um, stage two 85 open flash tablet tune. But I'm still, you know, I'm lucky if I'm getting like 180 wheel horsepower, but it, it's still it's it's enough. I mean, you can go fast, um, especially with like more commitment. I know last year I was still relatively fresh with driving, so my commitment level wasn't as high as it is this year. Um, so now it's just like I'm just trying to go as fast as possible, trying to have as much fun as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was actually so I run like a right now I'm running two fifteen forties. I've actually found, uh, what the heck is the tire called? It's like Forcium, Forcium Hina or Henna. Don't tell nobody uh, the tires you found. You can text it to me. Just kidding. As, yeah, soon as, right. you hear, as soon as somebody else hears about it, they're going to be like, I'm going to go get these motherfuckers. Right, yeah. No, but they've been they've been great because when I bought the Viennas that I rebuilt, uh-huh. they came on the rears because they were like, it was such a stupid stagger setup. I don't even remember what it was. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll run these. And I was running them, and I was hot lapping them like crazy. Like, I was on and off track, on and off track. They didn't delaminate. They lasted forever. So I ordered two more, and now I ordered four more for uh, Rio Bash, which is not going to be enough. That's going to be a, a fun event. Um, but, yeah, those those tires are crazy. At the last U.S. Air event I went to, um, I was running just a 215.40 on the nine nine and a quarter wide. Uh-huh. And it was raining, so I was driving advanced, and I had like 15 pounds in the rear, and it was perfect. And then I went, I went down to a 205.40 because I just had some laying around on just like some seven wide wheels or something, you know, like ugly. Shit Never skip leg day. Yeah. yeah, right. So I put those on, dude. I couldn't get grip for the life of me. It was so weird. It's kind of weird driving without it. Like once you learn to drive with it. Yeah. Um, I wish I learned to drive without it first. Yeah. Well, that's odd. That's like me last year. I mean, I ran like a 205 at for a majority. Well, last year was a little different. Last year was kind of that weird transition phase where I was like, I was starting to get comfortable with driving, but the car wasn't set up very well because I was like, kind of hot boy ish. Uh, it was, it was weird. Um, but like my first year, like my full first full season drifting, I ran like two oh five forty at like 
30-ish PSI. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have a lot of grip, but that was a lot of fun. But one thing I noticed, I was like, man, everyone was going so fast out there and I'm going so slow. Also, my, my cat says hi, my cat buddy. Um, I'm like, why am I going so slow? And then last year, I was starting to run lower pressures, but I was still running a really, really tiny tire. Uh, whereas this year I'm running the 215.40 and I really, really want to try like a 225 um, on stock power. I think it'd be a lot of fun because now what the what was the brand you said that was called? Uh, Forcium. Go to F. Yeah. Or is that with a pH? Nope, nope. It's with an F. And then it's uh, like Hena or Hina, H-E-N-A. Um, yeah, they're crazy. They're great. They uh, they turned into drag slicks. They didn't chunk or de-beat a whole bunch. And I was driving super hard at the last US Air event. I was uh, like hot lapping like crazy because uh-huh. there was there was a lot of drivers, but everybody was on intermediate. And I didn't really want to wait on grid forever. So I just like kept driving advanced and it was essentially just hot lap city. You know, it's like you go do a run. So I go do like two or three and then I do like a cool down lap. I'd auto cross the course um, and then do like two or three again. And dude, they're perfect. You were auto crossing the course with a PBM kit up front because understeer is a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little weird. Yeah. It was a little weird, um, but it, I'm not going to lie, it felt good. I've never, like, drip, or I've never grip-driven, so I can't really have anything to compare it to. That's fair. But, yeah, the kit did really good. Um, the only thing I, I've been noticing so far is that, like, I went and did a skid pad event, and then I, I street drive the car. Like, I sold my truck and trailer last year. Um, so I street drive the car and then I like get home and I was like, man, my lemon feels kind of goofy. I had like half an inch of toe out cause Lovely. I tried to keep it. Yeah. I tried to keep it at a 16th of an inch of toe out front. And then, so I realigned it, put everything back. And then I street drove up to Shano, which is like, uh, two and a half hours. Cause I have to stop like 30 minutes outside of Shano to fill up with the 85. Cause there's no 85 around there. Um, and then drove super hard dumb on, question uh are you yeah. on flex fuel or are you on e85 only e85 only okay it's yeah it's, it's just it's like an off-the-shelf tune that's essentially all it is it's an off-the-shelf tune no um, i get it i was just curious yep yep um but then yeah drove drove all day and then like i street drove home and there uh-huh. is not a lot of tire left on my driver's side because there's like half an inch of toe out again um but i, I think I f- wait how many yeah. miles is that from where you're at um i want to say like like 120 let me see let me look it up real quick u.s air it's 109 miles so it's a decent street drive let's talk actually let's talk about that let's talk about everything you're loading up on the car that is uh lowered by the way and you're adding yeah. a whole bunch of weight to it yeah. Uh, how uh, many how many wheels are you able to take with you? Uh, what kind of tools are you taking with you? Like, go through the whole setup of what you're getting on a. Uh, uh, I drive my shit to the track and back. Yeah. So, um, like, first off, uh, for the last US Air event I did, I used like a cargo hair uh, cargo carrier because I have uh, like the drift armor bash bar that I welded a hitch tube onto and then I just cut a hole in my bumper. 
Um, so I had a cargo carrier with four wheels and tires. And then in my back seat with the seat up, so it's not folded down, with the seat up, I had four more wheels in my back seat. So I had eight wheels total. Um, and then for tools, I always bring like a, a jack, obviously, um, a torque wrench, which is, is useless because I've had terrible luck with the gear wrench torque wrenches. Um, Don't and then, fucking tell Chelsea's enough or a rad down drift that. Dude, dude, I, I, if they listen, like help a brother out because I've actually gone through like three of them and every single one doesn't work. It'll like, I'll use it and then it just beeps constantly or, well, actually no, the first one I would use it and it would just randomly turn off. The second one just beeps constantly. It's yeah, it's a whole fiasco. Um, but then I have, uh, like a small impact that I use for taking wheels on and off. I've got the big boy impact that I use for like the axle socket. That's literally the only reason I bring it. Um, and then I'll bring like a collection of hand tools. So like random screwdrivers, uh, needle nose pliers, normal pliers, side cutters. Uh, I'll bring like a few different sizes of adjustable wrenches, channel locks. Like I'll essentially just take my whole hand drawer tool and throw it into a soft bag and throw it in my trunk. Um, Last time I went, I forgot a socket set. That was fun. Been there. Yeah, that was I like I I got halfway to the track and I was like, shit, dude, my socket set is actually sitting on my workbench because I forgot to put it in a pack out. Um, but then I bring like zip ties, electrical tape, and since I have the part shot max kit, I bring like extra inner tie rods. Um, I've got extra like thread protectors for the front control arms. I've got extra valve or uh, strut bodies so that if I break a coilover again, I can swap it, swap a track side. I bring toe plates, tape measures, jack stands, wheel chocks, um, tire pressure gauge. I've got like the little uh, Milwaukee air compressor I use to fill the tires on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, I pack that thing full. I, uh, I raised the car a bunch compared to last year, and on the way to U.S. Air, I was, like, almost tucking rim on a 17 on an FRS, which is crazy. Like, my my arrow was on the ground. It was nuts. Um, but it, it street drove fine all the way there. I mean, it rubbed a little bit here and there on big bumps, but other than that, it was fine. And then... Of course, I bring like my helmet and driving gloves and stuff like that. It, uh, luckily, I, you know, being grassroots, I don't need like a whole suit or anything like that. So it makes it a little easier to to pack less. Um, but then I just bring like a backpack with extra clothes and stuff because I typically stay the night up there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'll bring like toothbrush, you know, your typical hotel stay stuff. Hey, for your alignment shit, are you rolling your chassis back and forth every time? When you got to do a toe adjustment? So typically what I'll do, like, because I've I've needed to do it so much, I've gotten so sloppy with my alignments, right? Like, I still need to finish my alignment after the last US Air event, which Uh was like two or three weeks. Um, But typically what I'll do now is, I think I kind of talked about it last time, I'll put the toe plate up against the wheel. And then I have like a six foot piece of angle aluminum. So I'll use that to kind of gauge um the toe setting so obviously if it's like if the if the rear of the angle aluminum is sticking really far out 
like against the door, well, then I know there's a bunch of toe in. Well, if it's sticking super far in, like close to the car door, then I know there's a bunch of toe out. So I'll do that on both sides. I'll kind of gauge how that looks. I'll try and get them about even. Sometimes I'll just use a tape measure against the doors um, so I can see. So I'll set that. And then once those two measurements are the same, I'll adjust the toe. But recently what I've been doing is I'll just like literally put the toe plates up. I'll like eyeball it, see which wheel looks like it's losing alignment. And then I'll just adjust it in. And like every time I've gotten it, pretty close because the steering wheel straight doesn't pull toe feels good transitions feels good all that sort of stuff but i mean i've uh, i've aligned my own car with toe plates for so long i'm just so used to it i'm actually talking more of like active adjustment so when you're actively adjusting it um a small little piece of maybe advice not necessarily advice uh get some uh vinyl floor tiles from like Home yeah. Depot, like a box of them for like eight dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. And then throw your front wheels underneath it, so when you go to adjust, you can actually see your adjustment. Because oh. the, if you if you push them together, you can actually see they'll slip. They act as right. slip plates. Right. Don't put anything on them. Don't take the fucking cover off on the back or anything. Just put them on under two of them underneath each other with like. I would call it, let's call it like the glue side where you have, they kind of have, kind of like a band-aid or right. a sticker, so to speak. They kind of have like yep. that material, that protective material over the adhesive. Uh, you put those two together and then, you know, you use them as slip plates and it's kind of like, you just have to adjust it and look at it as opposed to you having to adjust it, move it around and hope that you got it right. Right. You know, yeah, what I'm that's, and for that's $8, big... you can't fucking go wrong. Dude, that's that's a big tip because that is my biggest like pet peeve about doing toe plate alignments is like you, you get pretty good at like knowing how much. Hey, your dog's in the background. How's it going, buddy? Um, oh, it's Kelly. It, it's kind of tough, or it's you kind of get used to them out or. Uh, English language here um, it, you kind of get used to the amount you need to turn the tie rod to get a certain amount of toe in a row yeah um, but yeah so typically what I'll do too is I'll like do an adjustment and then I'll like shake the wheel back and forth recenter the wheel and then I'll redo my toe readings because there's been a few times in the past where I like adjust something and then I'll be like oh great I've got zero toe or I've got a 16th inch of toe and then my steering wheel is like five degrees off and i actually have like quarter inch or something but and you can even do the same thing with like a let's just call it like a one six piece of steel like a 12 yep. by 12 obviously you'll need four of them to do both front eight of them to do all four corners and then just throw like some all-purpose grease in between them there's yeah. that that's a little bit more accurate but that's kind of a fucking mess right to be quite honest no matter how many times i go touch those stupid things or when it's, I'm sorry, not how many times. No matter when I go to use them, like, it's a fucking mess. Like, on my hands. Like, as soon right. as you pick it up, I know exactly that it's going to end up that I'm going to get grease all over my hands. And the worst part is that they're fucking hot at the racetrack. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, if it's, uh, if the vinyl I took for the last time I went to the track, it, then I was able to do it in the dirt. Because this track, I didn't. I didn't get there early enough to get a decent spot. So I'm trying to do an alignment in the dirt, uh, but the vinyl helped out a little bit with that. Yeah, right, right. And I mean, it, at least, like, I don't know. I, I, I noticed, like, 
last year I was like freaking out, like wondering if my alignment's perfect. And this year I drive and like, I knew my alignment was so far out of whack, but I just like kept driving. And, um, I was listening to, uh, uh, another podcast and they're, they're talking about like, um, yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, don't worry. I listen to every episode you put out. Don't worry about it. Um, but it was, the the goodest cast and they were talking about how like as you progress as a driver sometimes you can overcome that stuff and you kind of just get used to the car as it changes mm-hmm. um so that was kind of cool i just got used to driving with like do you know what episode that was i just started listening to that one recently um same here i i think i listened to like two episodes and then i stopped listening because i've been so busy but i i want to say it was like probably the second or third episode um because he was talking about like uh, like a rear arm or something like almost broke and he was driving super hard. I don't remember who was exactly was talking about it, but it was definitely a cool episode for sure. But um, yeah, whereas now I was just like, I'll just go out and drive the car. I don't really necessarily care if the alignment's perfect. The only time I really care about the alignment is like when I'm driving home, obviously, because that's, that's important. You know? Yeah. Tire wear on the way home is uh, most excruciating. Right, right. At least on track, it's like you're drifting, you're having fun, so it's not as bad. But like when you're just driving home and you're destroying fronts, especially uh, on a two-hour drive. Right, right. Yeah, especially when you're running like a 200 treadwear uh, Aegis or whatever, however it's it's pronounced or said. Yeah, that's not fun. Those tires are expensive, especially in today's market. Like I think the I'm running four 215 40s as like my normal daily tires, quote unquote. And I think that it was like seven hundred dollars for a two fifteen. It was nuts. How many tires? Is it two? For four. For four. Jesus fuck. Yeah, right. Because like I couldn't find them at all, so I had to buy like I think I had to go on eBay and I bought like a set of two and then I found like another set of two, but it was like an extra hundred dollars and I was like, whatever, I'm gonna run all the same tires because I'm O C D like that. Oh, I don't care that much. Yeah, no, I was... If I, like, didn't street the car, I wouldn't care. But it's nice to have all four the same, I guess, for no apparent reason. But... Yeah, I'd be, I'd be joining you in the brewski drinking, but uh, I'm on call, so it's strictly water for me tonight. Better you than me. What, uh, what is it that you do again? I know you're Water... What? Con- uh, water conditioning, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, we do like residential, commercial, like iron filters, softeners, big RO systems and stuff. Do you guys get a lot of on-call or is it hit and miss? Like sometimes you'll be on-call and not get anything. Sometimes you'll be on-call and get like four calls that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends. And especially like the season, like how many new construction installs you're doing and stuff like that. Um, This week's pretty slow. This is my last day on call. I'm technically on call until like 730 tomorrow when they open, but... um, it's been relatively slow. The weekend was relatively busy, but it's typically stuff like, you know, people's equipment is running at weird times. So you just call them. It's like, oh, no, it's normal. Your clock is off or something. You have like a company vehicle you guys drive? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got like a Mercedes Sprinter van. Sick. Yeah. It's it's nice. They got me a Chevy Colorado. So I've been running. No more Ranger? No. my uh, I, I got my uh, my brother a job here. So he's been, he was cruising in the Ranger for a minute 
And then they finally got him a Colorado like a month ago. Hmm. And luckily, like I had like one of those service lids on it on mine. Yep. And they got on the same color Colorado. And I was like, hey, I'm not in the field anymore. Can I just give him my lid and you owe me a, you, you get me a tunnel cover to save some money? And they're like, yeah. So now I just drive the fucking truck around wherever I want. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They uh, do whatever. That's sweet. Yeah, ours is a little different. We can't, like, just cruise wherever. It'd be nice, like, uh, sponsored by Guthrie and Fry towing the drift car to the track. That'd be nice, right? I haven't done all that, but, you know, I'm going right. to, I'm going to, uh, where am I going to go see tomorrow? Shit, Chris Stapleton, and I'm going to take my truck. Nice, nice. So, I, I was going to take my street car, but that thing is a fucking pull me over. Every time I pull it out, I'm, like, afraid to deal with the cops especially in LA dude I I can't imagine I've like talked to so many people about this you know just the conversation comes up of like hey man if you ever wanted to move somewhere would where would you move and like every time just like not California because like everything I drive I can't keep it stock so it ends up being a moving or a, a rolling moving violation so I was like, dude, I would never be able to live in California, especially uh, with the FRS because it's so loud. Yeah, so it's my uh, my street car actually. It's my street car is arguably louder than the the fucking comp car because I have like a V6 with a uh, straight pipe exhaust and a Honda muffler on it, basically. Nice. Um, nice. It's it's fucking loud. I need to put a freaking um, <sighs> I can't think of the word right now. Resonator? Yes. I need yeah. to put one of those on so it's not so droney either because it's kind of a fucking annoying when I'm on the freeway. Which oh, is yeah. another reason I try not to drive it too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like the FRS. It's like the full Tomei. It's the 60R. So it's essentially the one that looks like a trumpet in the rear. So it's so ungodly loud. And like my car, the FRS doesn't have air conditioning because it, it broke when I went into the wall last year. So I try to keep the windows open when I'm driving, and then that makes it worse. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. Like I'll get out of the car, my left ear will be ringing for an hour. Yeah, for me, it's it's time for uh, it's time for the resonator because like at wide open throttle, resonators should like kind of be bypassed, sort of, for the most part. Hmm. They're mostly supposed to be for like cruising speeds, from my understanding. But gotcha. We'll yeah, I don't. I, I don't know about exhaust science. I'd have to look into it. We'll see. That's what the ad says. Gotcha. <laughs> that I'm looking at. Um, um yeah. What what's going on with the cop car? I haven't comp car. I haven't seen much about that lately. Uh, it sat until about I don't know a month ago. I decided to pull that. Like nothing wrong with it. I could have went and drove it. Oh it yeah. Until like a month ago, I pulled the headers off, and then I decided to go turbo on it. Um, and then with that, since I had the stock rear end in it a very well-known CTS issue. The stock rear ends are known for blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also went with a 48.8 rear end. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of both of those. I got like turbo manifolds for the LS set up. I haven't ordered the turbo yet, but I am going with um, like an S475 with like a T4. Um, I don't know the word right now. Just the T Ford mounting plate, whatever the fucking hot oh, side of the turbo. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, for like a faster spool time. 
and then I'm actually going to change my heads from 243s, which are supposed to flow better than the ones I'm going to be putting on it, which are 706 heads, which will also bump up my compression a little bit. Uh, the only reason I'm doing that is because I'm the curve I'm going for, or at least the power curve I'm going for, where it's going to... Basically, when it gets to about 6,500, you know, after 6,000, I want it to start to lose power. So this way, it'll start to bog itself back down and throw myself back in a power band of between like, you know, 3,800 and 6,000. This way, um, I'm not on limiter. Oh, sure. Um, that was the plan. That's the idea behind it. Um, and then doing the Ford 8.8 the uh, irs conversion so it's basically like out of like a 0304 um mustang cobra one of those discs gotcha and that's just sitting i'm actually going to pull the diff out soon that's in it right now since i just ordered the the diff stuff for the 8.8 stuff and i'm going to put the 391s that i have in the comp car into the street car because I cannot get that thing to stay up in RPM long enough uh, without being at like 100 PSI in the fucking tires. <laughs> so yeah. I'm hoping the 391 will help a little bit, keep me up in the uh, RPM that I want to be for the tracks that I plan on taking that car to. And then once I get that, I think I'll be okay. It needs a couple other things like some bushings and maybe some um, some trailing arms. Because the trailing arms I have in our stock and the rubber bushing inside isn't replaceable. And it's a yeah. shit show. So everything shakes back there. So every time I go to pull the handbrake, I can actually feel like the whole rear end shift. It's just really weird. Like you hear this oh. real big locking mechanism and then it's it's not subtle at all. Like it's it's very, it seems like it's like a very violent action, whatever's going on back there. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. I can imagine. Uh, so that's probably the only thing. And I have all the parts for that. Uh, time is what I don't have right at this very moment uh, oh. to get to it because I'm actually building a customer's car right now so that's taking up most of my time as far as like outside of my work hours yeah no I get that man there's not enough time in the world no no no, not at all not enough time in the day and then yeah, I, just, but... I just filed for my LLC today for drifting pro-am which is obviously started as a podcast, but now, you know, I make like the parts for the Cadillac and then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to hit you up for some of those soon. Uh, the only thing I make for the V2 are the tow rods right now. And gotcha. did you get out? Well, are you going, are you going to get that all wheel drive one? Yeah. Yeah. This weekend, uh, huh, I'm picking I, up Saturday. Did you look into it? Cause I've heard like not such great things about the fucking CTS I, V, the CTS four. Yeah, I looked into it and like I found like a couple small things and mm -hmm. then it it's kind of one of those things where it's a pretty good deal. So either way, it's mm -hmm. it's uh, we'll find I'll, out. I'll say I'll, I'm not saying that's not a good deal. What I'm saying is if there's any issue with it, just be mindful that you're going to pay the Cadillac price to fix it. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. Not not looking forward to that. Yeah. So <laughs> so if there's anything wrong with it, fucking don't take it. Yeah, right, right. Um, well, the, I think the only thing, cause I actually know the guy who's selling it from like high school. Um, and he said the only thing is like the, the air conditioning needs to recharge. So I was like, damn, that's like kind of shitty, <laughs> but it's whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, fucking hope it's just a recharge. Right. I mean, I've serviced air conditioning systems before, but like in that engine bay, not really trying to do that. Uh, how 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 fucking how, there's a bunch of room. Is there? You know what it is? Is it? There's just like a lot of plastic around it. Gotcha. Like if you look at like my engine bay between like the comp car with a V8 and like. Mm-hmm. The street car with the V6 and all of the stock, like, uh, plastic and shit. It looks very cluttered with the, um, the V6 inside of it. Uh, right. But the V8, once you remove everything, you can see, like, oh, there's tons of room to work. Oh. But you'd have to sure. take all the shit off first. Yeah, I just hope I don't need to work on it. That's all I care about. Right. Right. Like, I'm, like, buying it so I can drive it, drive it long enough to get uh another truck because not having a truck kind of sucks you, you guys don't have trucks out there for that same price um like i mean truck? yeah uh not really no yeah it's here they're like, like a dime a dozen yeah so like i don't know i'm paying 5500 for that cadillac and like there's cars for less than 5500 cars and trucks but they're like Cl- like clapper beaters like yeah no floor like you know sounds like my know. style oh that's right you live in fucking midwest right yeah oh so, so i say so city. i say vague real weird you say vague vague real weird i think well you i don't know i didn't notice it until you mentioned it <laughs> yeah that's the last time i was on here you guys were all making fun of me <laughs> uh but yeah but i the i uh the all-wheel drive will definitely be good for the snow, I suppose. Uh, At first? Yeah, I think it should be. I don't know anything about the all-wheel drive system that's in it, but I have heard, like, the transfer case has issues. Oh, gotcha. But that's all I know. Anything outside of that? Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll have to look into that specifically. Because, yeah, I just, like, go to, like, the... There's a few websites where people just report, like, all the problems they have. And it was all, like, weird little stuff, like... Uh, like ABS stuff, it seems like it has issues with where it'll stop reading. Um, the ABS sent or ABS sensors will stop reading. Uh, TPMS will stop reading. Um, and like weird little stuff like that. But otherwise, I didn't see anything major. But I'm probably wrong. I'm probably very wrong. Yeah, if the ABS sensors stop reading, that means you got to replace like the whole wheel hub. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same with uh, the. Um, like FRS GT86 chassis, I think you have to replace the whole hub assembly. Probably. Hey, at least you have the same uh, shitty uh, adjustments. On yeah. Cars. Oh, I hate that, dude. That's on the rear. Like, it's a bitch. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you saw um, when we were doing that rainy day skid pad event and that Z spun in front of me. And I like just barely tapped him with the quarter and it like imploded the whole side of my car. No. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And it's like, dude, it, it doesn't even look like we hit on the video. Um, but like I got it home and I like put the alignment plates on the rear end and it was like real close to zero for toe, because I just run zero toe on the rear. I was like, yep, yeah, good enough, because I hate adjusting the rear end on those cars. Such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I fucking feel you on that. I'm actually like thinking about coming up with something kind of like a bolt-on plate to like lower my rear lower controller mounts mounting point on the knuckle itself. 
Um, this way I can actually have the car under load tow in with, you know, moving the, uh, the pickup point on the knuckle. Yeah. But it's just making time to get to that and then still try to make money off right. of other people's cars and their fucking job. So we'll cross our bridge when we get there. But like, I'm the only one that drives a stupid ass car like that. So I feel like right. I would only make it for me and no one else is going to buy it. Yeah, it's a struggle sometimes. At least, like, I don't know, with any other chassis, or most other chassis, there's a handful of people driving them, but there's, like, isn't there still only, like, two or three people driving the CTS chassis? Uh, the first gen is probably about, there's, what, this guy named Michael, another guy, I can't remember his name, is in New York. Uh, some guy named Jeremy that's that I talked to a lot. He's building what he's building his into a drift car now. Uh, there's another guy in Sam in Texas. He has two of them actually. Hmm. It's five. There's another guy, Mike Defusco, who worked for who was who was uh Dai's main sponsor. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, no idea. It's a it's a aftermarket parts company. Kind of like a summit thing, but anyways, uh, that guy's he's made, Mike Defusco. He's just finishing building his, so that's like seven. And there's another guy named in Arizona named Jordan Pearson, I think. The fact is, there's so little of us. I remember all their names. <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> that's pretty impressive. So it's like I... it's like eight to ten of us that drive this fucking car, and. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then, but my biggest, my only rather competitor for like the stuff that I make would be a company called Creative Steel. And they make all of the aftermarket shit for the, uh, like all the bushings and stuff for the chassis, which is great because I don't have to worry about that. Right. They used to make control arms, but they stopped, which is the reason I started making them. Yeah, so I I don't know if you've, maybe you've talked about it. How did that process start of you making the control arms? Like, what was the whole process of like you starting like, hey, I should make control arms to like the build process, the tools you use to make them, and all that. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. There's a lot of research because um, I didn't know anything. Um, I didn't. I barely knew what a fucking heim joint was, to be quite honest. Um, but. It's mostly measurements and figuring out what's what and what's going to work together. Uh, I did have to learn how to dig weld. So there was that. Uh, the first few sets that made it out to customers were not the prettiest. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not beautiful now by any means, but at least like I know like for a fact none of those welds are going to break, so I'm not concerned with right. it. They're definitely not the most beautiful piece that left this house. Um, the only reason I made them was the, not only did the company start making them, but the way they made them, they made it to where you only had one adjustment point. So it was like a fixed arm from basically like a shackle piece that would go onto the knuckle mm-hmm. to um, the heim joint. And then in between the heim joint and that fixed extended arm was one um, adjuster nut, which is basically like a jack nut. I, don't, I can't think of what to call it right now. Um, and basically where that goes is no matter how far I would bring it in, 
I would yeah. absolutely have to take out at least one locking uh, nut in order to get to the alignment settings I wanted. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I just like Googled a picture of like a rear subframe. I kind of see what you're talking about. Uh, so basically what I did is I, I made something else work a little bit differently where it has a shackle that's adjustable on one end and then the jacknut and heim on the other which goes to the subframe so you can make it as long as you want or as short as you want if you're gonna do like the cool camera stuff if you're going for like the um the flush look and right shit like that you can do that with them but you can also if you're super low and you're still trying to get uh you know a, a positive camber you can still achieve it. Same thing went yeah. for the tow rods. Um, the way they had theirs, they had kind of like one adjuster nut in the middle, two hex um, adjusters, like aluminum adjust, like uh, aluminum tubes basically that were adjustable, mm-hmm. and then outside was two heim joints. And I changed it to one heim joint on each end, a longer hex tube in the center, and I only had one adjuster nut. I mean, obviously, both of them did. I, I had one adjuster nut, and mine were slightly shorter, but they were also capable of being longer at the same time than the other setup was. Oh, was there just more thread on, like, the Heim? Yeah. Gotcha. No, not necessarily more thread. Uh, uh, you know what? That's that's wrong. Uh, mine aren't able to go as long. They're able to go wherever you want them to go, whether you're going to be higher than stock or lower than stock and still achieve whatever... Um, alignment settings you want in the rear. Uh, I just kind of made mine work for me, and it just other people were interested in it, so I got lucky. Right, right, yeah. I mean, like when it comes to a chassis like that, that's one thing that kind of helps you is that uh, there's not many people that do that stuff. So if yeah. you have products available for it that work, well, I mean, you're in business. Yeah, exactly, and then. I also make like a throttle plate relocation kit because the throttle plate on our fucking cars are is terrible. Uh, I would say it's about two inches further down than it should be, like closer to the firewall. So when you're, let's just say you, you hit the brake pedal, mm-hmm. like you have that little bit of play. And then you would still have like another inch and a half before you could actually hit the gas, the throttle pedal. So I moved it up. A little bit and I moved it over a little bit towards the brake pedal so it's like an inch and a half closer to the driver and a quarter inch close, closer to the brake pedal so you're actually able to like roll your foot over if you want to do like uh, any type of uh, like hill toe situation or if you're downshifting it's a little bit more comfortable yeah yeah that's one thing I noticed about like the the new gen BRZ mm-hmm. is the the pedal feels really goofy I remember when I, when I first started driving it um especially like the stock exhaust i didn't notice as much but with like i I had some garbage mxp comp rs that i threw on there that was hanging in my rafters for years um i threw that on and the new gen brz revs rev hang so much um and then like you have to like uh, let's say you're just like rev matching you're downshifting you have to put the pedal to the floor essentially it was super weird to get used to compared to the frs where you just like blip it and it is like normal that could also be tuning though because if you're because i'm gonna assume that's on drive-by-wire right yeah both of them are are, yeah well then that's definitely a tuning thing because um 
Mine was more of the actual moving your foot over to get to the throttle pedal. Yeah. On the Cadillac, at least. Um, and then as soon as I, I fixed it, a lot of other people have. That's probably like the number one selling item, too. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's a big thing, though. I mean, if you're trying to drive the car, you want your feet. Everyone to be able buys to do that the thing. things. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Especially people who like to street drive and stuff like that, like a little bit more spirited, like canyon drives. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the most positive. Second would be, obviously, the tow rods. Um, the rear control arms are a little bit harder to sell because that does require, like, a full rear coilover conversion. So, you know, the only person who sells them off the shelf is, like, I think Field, excuse me, Field Suspension and another company that I can't think of out of Canada right now. Gotcha. But it's not, it's just not as popular. I'm sorry. It's not, not that it's not popular. It's, I don't, there's no way to say this lightly. Uh, the people who buy this chassis are either can't afford um, to do the mods they really want because it's a, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a lower priced performance vehicle. Like when you can get these things for like 12 grand. On the low end, you can get them for like eight grand if it's a shit show. Right. But, you know, you're still talking about a 400 horsepower car from stock. Um, even though if it's beat up, some, some kid's going to buy it with like 250,000 miles on it, but he's not going to be able to afford to fix it because it's always right. some young kid who got, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, the people who do spend the money on it. I are, feel like they're all straight line cars. Exactly. Right. A lot of those guys are doing like, oh, what what do I need your setup for? I'm like, I'm I'm just like, I'm not a salesman. You either want it or you don't, man. There's two options. There's mine and there's this guy's. You you pick whoever you want. I was like, by the way, I buy their parts too. Right. Right. Uh, so how much driving you've been doing recently? Fucking none. Uh, Zero. Dude, for a while, for a while, it's the same for me, man. Like there was. So last time I was on the podcast, I lived in like this tiny apartment. Um, and now like we have, a, I, I have a house, so it's like, that was a huge change. It used to go from like, I would pay my rent and like every other dollar went into drifting, but with the mortgage, it's a little different. It's, you bought uh, a house. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah, I own a house. yeah. Thanks man. Um, it's great. But yeah, now there was like a long period where I didn't do any driving. I didn't touch the car. Um, and then I ended up selling like the turbo kit to be able to like buy extra tires for the season, which are all dead now. Um, Right. But yeah, in the last month I've done a bunch of driving. I drove like a bunch of skid pad events because luckily like that's like, um, you go out on like a Tuesday and I have a season pass. So I don't pay shit to go there, drive tires last forever because it's a blacktop skid pad. Um, and then like a bunch of US Air events. I'm trying to do every every US Air event this year. Mm-hmm. Um or all the normal ones like the D Day events. So hopefully that works out. It's just a matter of like making sure I have tires and like the biggest thing for me is I don't have like a homie to hook it up with a tire machine. So I like pay to mount all my tires, which is such a pain in the ass. And um half of the, so half the battle is just like getting the wheels to my tire guy now because when i had the truck and trailer i would just load like all 
three, four sets of wheels in the truck, a bunch of tires, whatever. But now it's like I got to play Tetris to get them in the car. So hopefully that. No, you know, I get you. That's kind of like next on my list is to get a tire machine. Um, same. Same here. But I feel like I'm at a point where like I just keep spending money on making things easier to get to the track, but I don't actually get to the track. So it's kind of frustrating. It's, yeah. Uh, and then like all the money I have right now, like it's going towards like legitimate legitimizing the business for drifting pro am as like not only a parts uh manufacturer but like a uh, a builder of cars so like i'm building a customer's car right now under drifting prime but i'm not trying to do drift cars because we all know drifters are broke um for the most, most of part. the time yeah most so of the time. i found uh old white men with hot rods have money and that's what i'm trying to do right now but like all the fees in fucking California to be like legitimize a business is take is taking like a full. I would I would argue and say it's probably like a full day of drifting competition, like probably like twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred bucks just to get it all set and legalized. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean. The outcome is going to be much better than a couple track days. You hope, you know? though, that, that that not everything fuck, not every business takes off. Like that's something to be mindful of too. Not everything, nothing is like for sure. Right. I got my fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I, with uh, enough hard work, you can go anywhere, man. You, yeah, you say that. You need luck too, though. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. Uh, and then like my. The first check I get from my customer bounces, so that was fucking lovely. Oh. Uh, not necessarily his fault. Uh, he's a landlord, and uh, the basically I, I I went and deposited the check on the fifth, and all of his rents are due on the first. So he's mm-hmm. like, none of the rent checks cleared. He's like, next time when we do it, he's like, make sure you do it like middle of the month. Uh. I was like, that's fine. I was like, we'll plan ahead for the next one. Right, right. Because I'm building them as we go. Yeah, it's it's a fucking mess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, going back to that, what I was talking about, like, trying to fit tires in the car and everything to bring them out to, like, my tire guy. Um, I actually have a friend who's trying to start a business, like, making and selling track day trailers that are, like, low to the ground. So... Right now, because I have the the hitch and the car's wired for trailer lights, right? I used to pull a trailer, like a little three by four trailer. Mm -hmm. So he's building a five foot wide, six foot long trailer that I'll be able to fit like eight wheels in the front, then um, like a couple pack outs and then like three or four VP fuel cans. So I'll have like a full track day setup. It'll be super, super sweet. Um, he already started building it, and the one he's building is going to be his prototype. So I'm essentially paying just material, and I don't even think I'm paying for all the material he's using. I don't know. He's uh, he's hooking it up, that's for sure. I, uh, I'm super excited to try that out because that'll be super nice because it'll be, you know, like get to the track, detach trailer, pull the hitch out, drive. Yeah. And then when, when you leave... I don't need to pack all the shit back into the trunk. I just hook up the trailer, drive. Yeah, that was something I wanted to do as well. Not not build the the trailer, get a trailer rather. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's nice because like with the with the Cadillac, I mean, that thing's got a little more torque, a little more power, bigger brakes. Like you can actually pull something decent size relatively like easy. A, it's a thousand pound fucking towing limit. Well, the FRS the FRS is zero pound, so like pulling anything is sketch. Um, but yeah, it'll be sick. It'll have like fifteen by eight. Uh, I don't even remember what wheels he's throwing on there, but he he's a Miata guy, so he's got like a thousand four by one hundred wheels. So he's throwing like some fifteen by eight wheels with like two twenty five forties on them. Uh, it'll, it'll be real cool. I'm super excited to use it. Hopefully, it's done by Rio Bash, which is June eighteenth, nineteenth. Okay. So hopefully, so two I'll, weeks. Yeah, so hopefully, I'll be able to use it then. Uh. That, yeah, that's pretty tough. Uh Yeah, I so now I actually have money to go drifting. I know you talked to... I went to two events this year. I went to one at Horse Thief Mile. That was the first event in the streetcar. Um, long story short, my dumbass didn't tighten the bolts rear passenger uh, brake caliper. So I was like, halfway through my drive, I was like, oh, what the fuck do I not have brakes? Anyways, I just kept on chugging along. Didn't even look. I even stopped at a Home Depot and I looked at all my brakes and I was like, "Oh, nothing looks off." I didn't right, notice like until I got the to the race. There. Yeah, I didn't notice until I got to the racetrack and the caliper was completely off. Oh, and what? I thought I just hit something on the road. Uh, but yeah, the caliper was completely off of my um, my rotor and just it happened to land on top of my lower control arm. Jesus. So it it's, just stayed there the whole time. It's ride. so weird when shit like that happens because you can be as tedious as you want. Like even this year when I was getting the, the car ready for the season, I like bolt checked everything. Like I was super, super tedious about everything. And then like the first day I actually got the car 100% back together and I was getting ready to street drive it. Um, I used like some factory FRS size wheels. Uh-huh. So I needed to use like a spacer in the front. So I torqued the wheel to the spacer, but I didn't torque the spacer to the, uh, like, the hub. Yeah. And, like, I always make fun of everybody who has a wheel fall off because I'm like, oh, I should have used a torque wrench, huh? Because I always use a torque wrench. So I'm, like, out street driving. And, like, I was doing, like, street drifting, like, testing the car. And then I, like, pulled by a fleet farm. And all of a sudden, like, the car, there's just, like, big boom and then metal dragging. So I was like, what the hell is that? So I get out, like, the wheels, like, sitting in the fender well. I'm like, oh, my God. Gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, like, pull out the jack and, like, fix it on the side of the road. And then I pulled into the fleet farm, and I was, like, torquing everything. I, like, jacked up the car, and I was making sure everything was tight. Everything else was good. It was just that one wheel. But, yeah, that shit happens. Yeah, so that happened at the first event. I got it fixed. It took me, like, half a day to get it fixed because... Um, Rico, the 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 owner of RZ Racing, the one who yep. does who owns the wheel company. Um, he came up, and I was like, "Hey, grab me some brake pads on your way up, and these two bolts, and some brake fluid." So we got it all situated. I didn't really like how the brakes were reacting, um, because they needed a little bit of heat on the pads before they would actually grab. And I was like, "All right, we got that figured out." And then I fucking burned the clutch up. Mm. And I mean, like, I fried the clutch so bad 
I even posted a picture on my personal Instagram, like where you see all the material um, just is off of the disc itself. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I had to like scrape all that shit off of the, uh, the flywheel and the pressure plate. And then I, since no one makes, well, I guess spec makes an aftermarket clutch for it, but I wasn't looking to pay that kind of money. So I found a guy around here who rebuilds clutches. He actually made me a custom six puck. Um, and then he rebuilt my pressure plate, resurfaced my flywheel and everything. It's like 400 bucks. Dang. Which was not bad. Uh, That's not bad at all. I haven't had an issue with it, but I've never driven on like a six puck clutch before. So that was, that took some getting used to. Even the comp car has like a twin disc McLeod, but that thing drives like a stock clutch to it. Hmm. Almost. Um, That's like me. I'm on, I'm on a stock clutch with like, 83,000 miles Yellow. and it gets it done i was trying i was trying 360 entries on like the skid pad and uh there was a couple of them where like i definitely didn't get far enough around and i would just like clutch kick. full throttle yeah like clutch kick clutch kick there was a couple times where i was like okay i need to stop this because i'm not gonna get home <laughs> yeah you know it's funny it's like i smelled the clutch too and i was like nah who cares and that's my biggest fucking problem so that happened, and then I went to my next track day in the car. That's the one where I told you I had to do the alignment in the dirt mm-hmm. with the uh, fucking vinyl floor pads. Um, I did two laps. I took my son with me. That was his first ride along. So I did two laps. I had like fucking 80 PSI in the rear tires, and I couldn't keep him spinning. But after those two laps, um, my I got a notice on my fucking... Uh, dash was like shut vehicle down low oil pressure because it got too hot and i was only running like 530 in it so now it's like so i decided to shut it down for the first time in my life and then we drove our ass home like an hour after the uh oil cooled so is is that like you you said you street drove to the track yeah with my kid with a child (laughs) yeah i was like come on we'll we'll figure it out i was like that's Grandpa will come get us if we need it. If we need it. Well, that was like me at US Air, man. Like, I was doing probably some of the hardest driving I've ever done because I I don't know. Like, never lift full sends only. That's kind of how the driving's been this year. Um, But then I I remember I was doing tandem with uh, one of the guys, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I was like behind him, and I've always needed to like work on my chase runs, right? Sorry, my, my cat is being a goof. No, it's okay. Um, but I was doing like really, really good. I was on his door, on his door. We came around the hairpin on advanced. And all of a sudden something felt really, really goofy. So I pulled off immediately. And it was just like because the alignment was going out, the wheel was turning further than it should have been. So the barrel was hitting the tie rod. So I just like uh, loosened the angle stops. Everything was fine. Kept driving. But um, yeah, there, there's a, definitely a fine line between like – I should check this and be good to send. I don't know. I just try to like stay on top of everything. I was, I'm very religious at like watching my oil temp and oil pressure. Um, I have the, oh, this damn cat. I have the Innovate gauge where it has the digital oil pressure in the center. And then it has like the, the led bars on the outside for oil temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so like before or after each run, I'll watch that. And you know, sometimes it's, 
like questionable. So I'll do a cool down lap and then it's fine again. So, but I have like the mission motor oil cooler and everything to try and keep everything nice and cold. I, so the downside of this car, the practice car is that it's a, it's the first year. So Oh three was the first year of the CTS. And that's what I have for my practice car. And the downside of any first fucking year of any vehicle, it's a shit show all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any gauges, so I don't have a water temp gauge. I don't have an oil pressure gauge. All I have are dummy lights. So the only time it tells me to do something is like, hey, you're about to blow this fucking thing up. Shut the car off. Right. There's no like warning of any kind. I'm sorry, not warning. There's no there's no way to monitor it so I can see that it's going up or see that the the oil pressure is dropping. It's right. only like, hey, you're about to be fucked in about two seconds if you don't shut this car off. All right, that's the same thing with the FRS stock. That's like the the first mod that I did to like get the car ready for drifting was the oil pressure gauge because I wanted to be able to see what the oil pressure was. Yeah, I think that's something I I should probably fucking do next. Yeah, it's e- it's easy enough to do. I mean, um, especially like the Innovate gauge is super easy to set up, super easy to wire up. Definitely worth it. Uh, I was wondering if I can do some, so I threw like the an Alpine head unit in there with like Apple CarPlay. I'm wondering if I can do like an interface where I can run gauges through it because I would rather do that even if then it have then because no one makes a gauge pod for this fucking car. Yeah, and uh, like I don't know, sometimes gauge pods can look a little not the best in certain cars. So, like, in the FRS, like, I have a couple friends that have, like, gauge pods on the side, and I just, like, I hate the way it looks, but that's just me, you know, that's my opinion. But I like the gauge pod, like, on the A-pillar. I think that looks good on any car, just because I like that, that whole race car look. Right. Air quotes on the race car part. Um, but with the Cadillac, it's such a, that's such a fucking blind spot already. Right. Like with how thick the pillars are, once you go from the A pillar and then you have like the fucking um the interior piece there, like it's it's such a blind spot. I've almost like hit people like even at the racetrack, like I can't see them. Like mm. I gotta like look around to like look around out my window and then yeah. look around to the front and like lean over on the front steering wheel to make sure no one's there. That's gotta be annoying when you got your helmet on for I bet like all the time hitting it's your head. Very on the... fucking frustrating, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it's not fun. But again, I've only driven the car twice, so I think I got it all figured out. I think the only things I'm going to do right now is the uh, trailing arms because of the bushing situation, the subframe bushings, diff change, and then just run some thicker oil, Um, which I have everything. I just need to make the time to actually, you know, do the, the swap of the diff and then make time for the other parts and shit. I think I'll be good to go. And then that car's, I'm not fucking with that car anymore. Right, yeah, that's how it is with the FRS. Maybe man. an like, oil cooler. That's about it. Oil coolers are important. Yeah, and some and the gauges for necessities, just to make sure everything stays cool. But right. That thing's a ticking time bomb, no matter how I look at it, because it has the, uh, what I can't remember what transmission came in the fucking E30, but it's basically the same exact transmission. Um, that came in the E30s with a different bell housing. Oof. So, Oof. Those things aren't the greatest. Yeah, because I, I feel like I've seen a couple people swap the trans out of their E30s because they're glass. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought like a ZF and like making a custom plate or something, or even like a CD009. And I was gonna some... say, I feel like there's a ton, tons of options with an LS. I don't have LS. That's my problem. Oh really? I oh yeah. streetcar, streetcar. Yeah, the base model has like a Saab engine in it. Oh, gotcha. I thought you were talking about the comp car. No, no, no. That's got a four speed. Gotcha. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, what do you plan on doing next to your vehicle? Or are you just going to keep on driving it? Um, I'm going to drive it until it doesn't drive anymore. My only plans for my car is to drive it and then just maintain it. Um, I do plan on doing, so I like, I added underglow for the night driving session at Rio bash. So I just got like, hate that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know me too. I've never been, I've never been an underglow guy, but you know, Times are changing. Um, so I did Underglow, and then I ordered... Actually, today I sent the money for... Um, Origin Lab is making, like, stock body overfenders for the FRS and BRZ chassis. Uh, so, overfender, like a wide body style? Or... Yeah, it's like it's like plus 25, but it's, like, it's factory body line. It's not, like, crazy wide body rocket. So almost bunny like bullshit. the same way, like, a 2F does it? With their uh, 240 stuff? It's the same stock yeah. body line as just pulled. right. Yep, yep. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Actually, I yeah. even like the way that Big Duck Clubs does the BMW stuff to a certain extent, where they have like, like, no, this is a stock body line. We just kind of like threw the fenders out a little. Yeah, yeah. The, no, uh, I agree. I agree because I've I've like never really been a huge fan of like uh, Pandem or I mean like it looks awesome, but I really like stock body cars. But I have a 350Z size dent in my quarter panel that I don't really want to <laughs> see yeah. all the time, you know? No, I hear um, So it's like, it'll be perfect. It covers up that whole section, and then it goes up the B-pillar a little bit. Um, so I'm excited to get those on. I got to go pick those up in a month or whenever they get here. Um, and then I, I think I'm probably going to do, like, a seat and a wheel eventually. And honestly, that's it. Besides, like, replacing my windshield because it cracked because I put a ladder in the car, like, a year ago. Two years ago. I know. I've been, but, I, like, luckily, I've been going to all of my friends' events with a broken windshield. So, I don't know if I'm going to get let in the next event. Oh, luckily, they're pretty good about that around here. But, again, it's, like, grassroots driving versus, you know, I, I could essentially show up in, like, whatever and as long as it's got a fire extinguisher and the battery's tied down you're good to go yeah i i don't have it anywhere in like my line of sight i actually have it like on the passenger side running down yeah yeah mine's right in the middle of the the passenger side um not far from the pillar and it's like a spider crack and then there's one long crack that goes like right into the middle of the windshield yeah i don't have anything in the center so i have everything like down below where like it's either on the passenger side where the, you know, obviously the passenger side, far right. And then I also have it like below or just around like where the windshield wipers are. Yeah. And then the bottom left corner on the driver's side. So it's nothing yeah. in my line of sight. But, you know, if they wanted to be dicks about it, they could be like, hey, like this thing's cracked fucking everywhere. Right, right. You can piss off. Right. Yeah. Which I get. Uh, that's fair. Um. Yeah, other than that, like the car, it it's it was weird for a while because I had like this dream or this vision of how I wanted the car to be for like years. 
And so like, I finally like saved up the money, got the car where I wanted it. So now the car like suspension wise is where I want it. Drivetrain wise, it's right where I want it. So now it's, I'm at the point where literally all I want to do is drive the car. So even like I've needed to align it since the last US Air event. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't even want to align it. I just want to drive it. That's it. Yeah, that's prep work. Is, it's kind of like fucking welding. Like it, most of the work is in prep. Yeah. Like, you know, getting to the track. You know, that's a bitch. Like, you know, getting your car ready, making sure your alignment's done, that's a lot of prep work. Like, people don't realize, like, how many times you're going to get up and down off of your back just to do an alignment. If you're doing an alignment at home, doing a string alignment, especially um, making sure all your nuts and bolts are tightened, you know, all Mm. your fluids are good. Uh, The nut, and, and people think like, oh, a nut and bolt check is simple. I'm like, no, it's not because you're doing all your suspension. You're doing your whole drive line. Like it takes a fucking minute. If you can, if making a list makes it a lot simpler. Um, and, and I've, at least I found, and I have, <laughs> I actually got diagnosed with ADHD like this year. So, mm. and so I found out lists are my fucking, my best friend. Uh, and then able to like kind of get all that down. You don't realize it's, if you manage it well, you can get it done in a day. If you need parts or something, when you realize something's loose and you can't retighten it, or let's just say you have a fucking strip bolt that kept on turning, you're like, oh, great. Now I get to drill this out, helicoil it to make sure it right. works right. Um, fixing shit correctly, that's a that's another thing. But it it's so much in the prep work just to get to the track and then driving. I don't care if it's grassroots or competition. Driving is probably 20 percent of the work oh yeah definitely that's and it's it's different when it's just like you know like nut bolt checking checking fluids um checking alignment it's not so bad when there like isn't issues but uh like on the part shot max kit there's the inner tie rod then there's like a a sleeve and then there's a joint that bolts into that sleeve well i had the outer lock nuts tight but apparently they weren't tight enough because like i've been chasing this alignment issue the whole time i've been driving the car this year and i i found that if i wrenched on the tie rod with like a a big boy adjustable i could actually get it to turn so i'm pretty sure that's what the issue is so i got those things so tight now it's insane um but I just need to like wrap up. I've got it down to like an eighth of an inch of toe out. So I'm trying to get it to a 16th of an inch and then I'll be happy. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to just red Loctite everything and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Red Loctite is your friend when it comes to certain things. And yeah, then it's your yeah. fucking biggest enemy when you're trying to like fix it. Yeah. Right. Luckily there's like, I always adjust the inner tie rod and not that odor joint. So uh, that's what's cool about Part Max too. Is like I'll just send the t- a text to their number, and the guys are super good. He's like, "Yeah, just throw some Loctite on there. You know, you shouldn't need to adjust that outer piece anyways." I was like, "Perfect. Sounds like a plan." Uh, well, I don't know what the outer piece looks like on yours. Are you talking about like where the uh, heim is? Because I don't you guys have it to where it's set up. It's a heim, and then I don't remember what the bolts are called that would go through the actual knuckle. Um, so it's essentially, it's literally just a normal bolt. 
And then there's like a heim that threads into essentially just like a spacer. An adjuster, so to speak, right? Right. And then that threads onto the inner tie rod. The inner tie rod threads into a forward rack spacer, which is essentially just like a It's a like piece. a relocation kit for where the right. inside of the the inside yeah. tie rod would mount to, right? Yeah, and then that threads into the rack. Gotcha. Okay. So he tells you to do the outside one as with Loctite and then just adjust your tie rod itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. He, yeah he says um or he was saying that, you know, that's just designed to get the right length and then you adjust toe and everything with the inside piece so ah yeah see that okay that makes sense that's the same way i did with the toe rods on my car yeah or when i made them like the your outside toe rod your outside heim is to get your length and then your adjustment is on your jack nut or jack screw um in the center of the piece to like fine tune it so to speak right yeah yes sirree Oh my god, sorry, there's a, a rabbit over there that is apparently very angry and she's making a bunch of noise. I got like half my animals in the room with me here. Well, I, you know what? Uh, I'm an animal over What kind of animals you got? Um, so I have the dog. So he's like a husky collie mix. He's 50 pounds. His name is Apollo for like the NASA space missions. I got that. Um, yeah. But... uh. His nickname is Paul, so I always call him Paul. And then got two cats and then the rabbit. Um, but the uh, one of the cats and then the rabbit is actually the uh, ex-ladies, but she hasn't found a place that allows them yet. So they're hanging out with me until she finds somewhere that can take them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, like, uh, I, I, I didn't love dogs as much as I do until I got with my current girlfriend and uh now we have four dogs yeah it it was interesting for me because when um me and my ex got the house she really really wanted to get a dog and i was like we just got the house we should wait we should wait so i was like against the idea of getting a dog well then she convinced me to get paul um and it's weird. I like you know, it's a typical story where like we got the dog and now he's my best friend. You know, like yes. when we when we split, I told her like I need to keep the dog and I, I need to keep the house for the dog. And like luckily everything is mutual. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird how that works, man. You go from like not really wanting a dog and all of a sudden you want a lot of dogs. But yeah, I actually that, that's the reason I sold the BRZ because. It's not fun trying to get him in there, having to like fold the seats down and like shove him in the back, and then he can't actually stand or stick his head out the window. So it'll be nice to have the the four door, so he can actually vibe with his head out the window and not be stuck in the trunk of a BRZ. Yeah, and all those fucking things came leather, so at least yeah. it's a lot easier to vacuum up. Cause like I'll take my dogs in my fucking truck sometimes, and it's like fabric, and it's a mm-hmm. bitch to get that shit out of there. Too, especially like with him being uh, part husky right uh, now, he yep. is like my whole house. I vacuum, and it's just hair everywhere. It's, yeah, we have two huskies and a, a German Shepherd and a Chihuahua. It's a fucking mess in my house right now. There's actually uh, uh, one of my friends uh well it's a girl i'm talking to she's got a a big old german shepherd a husky so might be in the same boat someday 
Yeah, it's uh, it, I love them to death. I just don't love that they shed fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. And then the the cats are just annoying. Cats are annoying, man. I like cats. They're just pesky. Pesky is the word. Yeah, I think the next the next one is a bird. Birds are cool. My uh, my mom used to have a couple birds, and um. She had a couple of parakeets and then one of her friends had a parrot and then they rescued another parrot. Dude. So like they had like three or four birds over there. So you'd come over and they're all like dancing and stuff and bouncing their heads up and down. Yeah. And they're so smart and they give such attitude. Yeah. Birds are sweet. Yeah. They're my just... girlfriend's been like sending me like fucking bird videos. I was like, if you bring one home, I'm not going to make you get rid of it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, You know, circling back to what you said earlier about um, all four tires the same on 200 Treadwear, is Mm -hmm. that on uh, all four corners you have a 200 Treadwear tire? Well, that's just like my daily driving wheels. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not running a 200 Treadwear with 180 horsepower stock FRS. Yeah, that's what I was Um, wondering. I was like, ooh. Yeah, no, no, no. Although, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm running those two 1540s at, like, when I was driving USA, are 15 pounds. So, hmm. that's... But I also have, like, solid engine mounts, trans mounts. Uh, there's actually not a single rubber bushing on the car. Everything is solid mounted. So, I mean, that helps a lot. And then, like, alignment, I have... I have a little bit of toe in in the rear from when dude hit me in the Z. It, it pushed a little bit of toe in on that side, and I just haven't changed it. And it doesn't wear crazy, so it's whatever. And then up front, just like a 16th to a half inch of toe out when it comes out of adjustment. Um, so, like, it feels feels good to have all that grip. And it was it's such a good feeling. Um, I know I, I've talked about it with a few of the people that I drive with. So, like, last year, when I went into that barrier at US Air and I smashed in front of the car, it took me, like, a long, even after I fixed the car, it took me a long, long time to get comfortable just, like, even just, like, flicking in, you know, doing, like, a a faint entry. So, it felt really good to be, like, leading three-car tandems on advanced uh, at US Air, you know, where I crashed and fucked the whole car up and, like, you know, full send, not lifting, on limiter the whole time. It was, it's such a good feeling to get back into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if there's any ever anybody who listens to this and they like smash their car and they don't think they're going to get back. Trust me, man, you will. Because I was terrified to go back on advanced. And like, I took the 22, like the BRZ, the new BRZ out on advanced. I was feeling so comfortable. Like, it, it'll come back. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I'm not a, shouldn't fucking be in advance um i think my friends just are nice to me and they let me go in that category uh, uh, but i stay spinning out well i mean at us what are they um at advance or at us air there's like different layouts so you start at like a skid pad out in the parking lot you uh-huh. go around a couple of cones and then there's like the intermediate layout which is relatively flat um there's not a whole lot of elevation change and then there's advanced, so that's the course with all the elevation change. And, uh, like, when we're doing it the normal layout, there's a blind corner. So, like, you're coming up sideways, 
and you can't see where the track goes. Oh. So you just have to like you have to know where your car's got to go, and then you just point the car that way and go. It's... I think I'm gonna download that shit on my fucking Assetto. Yeah, you have to. So like, I think the owners of USA kind of got mad that somebody made it, so you can only find it in like one spot online. Um, because a couple of years ago when I had my rig, I downloaded it. But uh, even like uh, FR Legends does a pretty good job of showing all the elevation change. Wait, they got mad because someone made it, or something? Because it it was like posted for a while and then it was removed. It, it's probably way different now because it's years ago. But yeah, for a while I could not find like the download because it was removed because of copyright issues. That's stupid. Yeah. But yeah, I know they have it for a second. That would make me want to go drive that track more if I like drive it in a game and I'm like, I got to fucking get to this track. Like if it's that. Good. Right, right, right. I yeah. Know. I remember like back then it was before I like knew the layout. It was before I was like actually there. So I was just like slide randomly around the, the whole play. It was weird, but yeah. it'd be nice to get back on it now that I know the layouts that they actually run. Yeah. It's like fucking Toyota. Who's like, oh, uh, well, I don't know if they're like that anymore, but. For a while, they were like, why would we put our fucking cars in video games? Like, that's not going to make people want to... That's not going to sell us cars. That's not going to sell cars. Well, I, I think a big issue with Toyota having their cars in games um, was they... From my understanding, they didn't want their cars in games that had, like, illegal racing in it. So that's, that's why, like, Ford, Forza Motorsports had all of, like, the Toyota cars... But then, like, Need for Speed Heat didn't have a Supra for, like, ever. And then I, I think it got added. I don't know. I don't really I don't play Need for Speed Heat. Um, but I think that was a big thing to do with it. And then it, it wasn't there. I think there was, like, issues with Forza Horizon or something like that. With what? Uh, like, Forza Horizon. I think they had issues getting Toyota cars or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it was something similar to that. I don't remember the fucking details. I'm not much of a gamer, so to speak, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah I either. remember hearing that. Um, at least I'm not a gamer in the sense that everyone else is who like goes out and buys those fucking latest game when it comes out. Like I don't get right. Yeah, like they buy like the like my my friend Tyler is a great example. Like whenever there's a new Forza game, he'll buy like the limited edition like one version where you get, of like, it, a silver yeah. case. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is cool. You know, that's his hobby. But, hey, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't do that, man. I know. I'm all buying shit I don't need. Like right. turbo kits are right. fucking piecing one together. Uh, no one makes a turbo kit for my car. That's the lovely part. Uh, you uh, you mentioned earlier about an axle issue. Do you guys have axle problems? I know that. Actually, I hit you up when I worked on one. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I I did the I, like, diff. You the I raised and... the diff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I actually did watch your fucking videos. Yeah, and, sir. Uh, absolutely. There's actually a lot of people who watched the video. Or like, I noticed uh, actually when you Google it, your video comes up. Perfect. That's, uh, um, that's that's why I made it because there there really wasn't a video on like how to install the whole kit. But now they changed their kit, so now it's all like bolt in. You don't need to weld anything. Um, what? Same. Yeah, okay. yeah. So now it's just like a bolt in kit. I'm kind of mad because my subframe's all welded and I could have just bolted it in. But well, this was what fucking like a year ago when I did it. Yeah, Maybe right. a little less. 
Um, but yeah, so the, the stock CV joints like to break when the car is lowered because essentially when... The angle of the fucking... Yeah, yeah, you create a V. So what the, the diff and subframe risers do is they raise it at probably a good inch and a half because my diff is touching my trunk right now. Um, so that, like my car is super, super low and my axles are straight. So it's huge difference. I mean, I've done super, super hard driving and I run... 15 psi and i get a shit ton of grip and i don't have any axle issues at all anymore have you considered moving to like a t25 or t35 oh yeah i'm definitely as soon as i'm out of all the 215s i have i'm definitely going to try 225s gotcha but i I wanted before i go ahead um before i bumped up tire size i wanted to be comfortable knowing that i've tried to get all the grip out of a 215 that i can so like once i hit that 15 or 10 to 15 pound mark that's when i was gonna feel comfortable moving up but if i was running like 20 psi i wouldn't want to bump up to a bigger tire and you know run that same pressure whereas now i'm at the point where yeah i'm running 15 psi on a 215 i think i'm okay if i bump up to a 225 yeah i think so as well Uh, especially with the over fenders i'll be able to fit them easier yeah, I have a similar issue, but I do rub a lot with the two forty five forties on the streetcar, and that's like the low power stuff is kind of difficult because I don't have like an over fender setup, so I mm-hmm. and I, these cars are like a bitch to pull the rear fenders on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I probably just need to spend some time on it and like take half a day to roll on each side to really right. get the clearance I want. But it's I don't have fucking I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, that's they why they make rubber mallets. Exactly. <laughs> that's hey, that, with the FRS. That's what I, my quarter panels are. So, it is funny because the side that the Z that I like slid into that Z. Uh, before I started drifting, I spent like two grand fixing that side of the car because it, I like I rolled backwards into a like a light pole cement thing because I was trying to avoid um, like somebody was changing their baby in the car next to me, so I was uh, trying to avoid hitting their car door. And I wasn't looking behind me, and I rolled back into a light. So I spent two grand fixing that, and now it's uh, crunched in. Better you than me, man. Yeah, that's whatever, man. It's a hey. Like, what it's were a you doing? <laughs> what were you doing where people were in the parking lot? What you, when I was backing out? Yeah, you was yeah, backing was... out, and it was an accident, or were you fucking doing a donut in a parking lot, and someone was? Oh no! I was literally I was I was leaving a friend's graduation like dinner. And then her friend was changing her baby in like her, she was parked on the right side of me. So she was changing her baby in like her driver's side rear seat. So her door was open. So I was just like watching her door to make sure I didn't hit her or her door. And then I just like backed up into a light pole. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. misunderstood. I thought you were like doing fucking donuts in the parking lot. Oh, And no. instead of like hitting the car that you were about to slide into, you slid into a pole. No, okay. no, I haven't. I haven't had any like sketchy street stuff like that happen. But I don't really street drift. I'll like you know go slide back roads if I need to see how something feels or something. But other than that, I don't street. I'm a, definitely a track day bro for sure. Okay, for sure. Uh, so other than the axle issue I brought up earlier, do you guys have? Um, is that pretty much all you need to do to kind of like? Um. um Fix yeah, that so axle I, issue, or do you guys have to go with like aftermarket axles? 
Oh, no, I mean, like, in my case, that fixed it 100%. And, I mean, I'm on stock power, so that, for, like, turbo, I'd probably say, yeah, you're probably going to want beefier axles. Um, but for stock power, I mean, I've had literally zero issues since I did the, the subframe and diff risers. Um, there's, there's really not a whole lot of major issues on this chassis. I think the biggest thing is, like, oil temperature and oil pressure. So, like... I always recommend that if somebody wants to drift this chassis, just like grassroots, whatever, parking lot, whatever the hell you want to do, just do like an oil cooler um, and like that's it just to get started. And then if you're getting more serious, then do like oil cooler, diff subframe risers, like coilovers, you know, your typical bullshit. Um, And that's all they need, honestly. That's like the... I mean, the new gen BRZ is a little different because it's got like more power, but the new gen BRZ, I just put some Fortunatos on it. That's it. And it drove so good. It was such a fun car to drive on track. That was actually my next question was like, how, how, what are the differences between driving the two? Like they're both still relatively low power, but they're still relatively the same. Yeah. So like the chassis has a lot of similarities um so the the rear bumper and the front bumper are literally the same exact part so you can fit like a old gen brz bash bar onto the new 22 brz um so like there's a lot of similarities the suspension is is very very similar there's small differences um like the the brz has an aluminum knuckle and like the pickup point for the sway bar is different in the rear but it's quote unquote the same the biggest difference is like the the power plant. Um, the the new car feels so much better than the old car, even like compared to the FRS, which is on E85 with the exhaust. It's like night and day. the The new car felt so much nicer, and mm-hmm. it was weird because of the fact that the new car had more power and more torque. The biggest thing is more torque, but it had like no angle. So, like, driving US Air, I didn't need to touch the clutch. I would literally be able to power through every single corner without touching the clutch because of the, like, increased torque. Whereas the FRS, there's a couple corners where you do have to kick the clutch a couple times. Well, actually, let's face it, it's an FRS, so, like, you're kicking the clutch constantly. Um, but, yeah, that I, I, th- I think if, like, the market settles down... And you aren't paying $45,000 for a new Gen BRZ. I think they're going to make really, really good beginner drift cars. The biggest factor is going to be like price. Because if you can get them for thirty grand, like what they're selling for MSRP, it'd be perfect. But if you're spending like fifty grand on it, you know, that's not great. Yeah. What about, uh, what would you say the, 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 horsepower and torque differences between the two and wait now let's also say the weight difference so the weight difference the new car don't quote me but it's either i think it's either 30 or it's 60 pounds heavier okay but what i noticed driving both like i 2013 i've driven stock the 22 i've driven stock the 22 is a lot less comfortable i mean it's a sports car it shouldn't be comfortable but I remember like driving the 22 home from the dealership with like four miles on it, right? 
And it sounds like it has bad wheel bearings because there's like no sound deadening, which is great if you want it as a like race car, but it sucks if you just spent all that money on a car and you want it as like a nice daily or something, I suppose. Um, so like weight difference, there's not a whole lot. They did a really good job of removing weight from places that it shouldn't be and um, shifting things around. And then the power, so the, the old gen makes like 200 crank, the new BRZ makes like 230, but I've seen, I think like uh, maybe Counterspace Garage put one on the dyno and it made like 215 wheel or actually, no, I think it was like a local like Illinois place. Well, which isn't really local to me, but they got like 215 wheel horsepower on the stock tune. Um, so it was a, a real good increase compared to the old gen and like driving the car, you can feel it. And the, the biggest thing is the torque. The torque is so much better. Because the the first gen has a really, really bad torque dip, whereas the new gen, they did a really good job of trying to even that out. So the old car, once you get up to like 5,000, 6,000 RPM, you can kind of feel the car pull you maybe a little bit, Mm -hmm. whereas the new car, it pulls pretty even. So it feels a lot better driving it, you know, street driving, drifting, everything. Gotcha. The only thing I hated was like the exhaust tones that they would play in the cabin through a speaker. That was so annoying. Wait, who did that? The the new gen BRZ. There's literally a speaker in the dash that plays exhaust tones as you're driving. And like it sounds like Gran Turismo. I mean, I'm sure there's people that love it, but I hated it. I was so happy when I put the exhaust on. Because I could not hear the stupid exhaust tones coming from that speaker. I would have cut the fucking wires so fast. Oh, uh, it was tempting. And that's like the uh, the seatbelt chime. There's been a couple times where I need to like move my car, right? So I'll like just back it out of my garage and then pull it on the street or put it on the side of my house or something. And like the seatbelt chime does not shut off. So normally, like in any other car. You pull the handbrake, the seatbelt chime turns off. Dude, in the BRZ, you can pull the handbrake, you can buckle your seatbelt, pull the handbrake, open the door, and like it's still beeping. The only way to stop it is like turning the car off. I know what you're talking about. Ridiculous. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. I, I mean, like I always, I always wear my seatbelt. Like even uh, even like, if it's moving just like your car, pulling the handbrake up enough just to get the indicator light to come on to shut that other beeping noise off. But as right. soon as you start moving it, then it starts beeping even faster. Right. So I have that in my fucking Cadillac on the streetcar. Yeah. Ah, it's so stupid. Yeah, it it never stops. Actually, even in my Colorado, like my work truck, it's it's the same fucking thing. Like I'll I'll click it just once on that parking brake just to move it in my driveway. Right. It's if it if it's not one thing, it's the other. Right. Right. But. Oh, I I suppose, man. It's like it's almost it's eleven twenty five here, and I gotta get I'm, up at five o'clock to take care of my it, damn man. dogs. Uh, um, thank you for coming on. I did make a post and ask questions. Of course, there was no important questions, but just, just Adam's bullshit questions. I saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna have his ba- ass back on soon too. Yeah, I I told him I was on. And I felt bad. I was like, "Come on, Adam's gonna go on too." Um, uh, honestly, just real quick, I don't like doing multiple people on the show. 
Um, not only do I feel like I don't give them the undivided attention they deserve, um, I also kind of struggle with having multiple multiple people on. Like the shows may sound decent, like when I post them, but honestly, it's frustrating having to ask two people the same thing. Oh um, right, and then and like, then, like the everybody talking thing. over each other. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's frustrating. Actually, I, I'll hit him up. I, I liked Adam. He's cool, dude. Adam. So side note, like all all of the drift homies around here, there's a couple people that have just been crazy. So like Adam has been has been going hard. Like his driving has been crazy. He got the turbo on the Miata and everything. Um, turbo. And like I love it. even even outside of driving he's been trying to start up like competitions so i actually did my first competitive driving at one of adam's competitions and i like took third place so like first podium woo, woo, yeah, let's go your homie just kidding that's yeah. awesome yeah um but he's been he's been going crazy man he's like doing youtube he's doing the competition stuff he works like 12 fucking jobs guy is just crazy um for anybody wondering and- that's what it takes to fucking do this Dude, yeah, I I like I work one job and between like the pets and like the house and everything, I'm like tired. Like this guy works two jobs, he teaches, he works on his car, he makes YouTube videos, he like organizes the competition stuff. He's a fucking he, go getter. I get it, man. Yeah, crazy. Um and like another guy Ross, like these guys are just killing it this year. It's so cool to see all the homies just going nuts. So cool. But go ahead and ask the questions that you got to ask. Actually, hang on. Let me go on your post and I'll ask him. So it doesn't sound like. Doesn't sound weird. Uh, where are we at? Nope. Wrong. Fucking. There we go. Uh, it really was just fucking Adam. Oh, no. You got another one from uh, uh, yeah. uh, CPT350Z. How do you get your driving to the next level? Is in competing and driving. I think that's as in. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm going to reread it. How do you get your driving to the next level? As in competing and driving bigger, faster tracks. Okay, so I'm going to be real honest. I've competed in one event my whole drift career, so can't give a lot of advice on that. But like bigger, faster tracks, I can kind of speak on. So like for me, the a big thing was like comfortability and like nerves. So... I think a big part of being able to do better driving is one stop trying to drive and be good and start trying to drive to have fun. That was a big thing for me. Cause I like when I was trying to drive and be good at drifting, I would get frustrated and I would like get in my head and it was just stupid. But now like, I'll just go, I'll be sitting on grid and I'll be like head banging, listen to music. you like, you got to get in the good vibe. And You're fucking listening you that, to Eminem's Eight Mile to get into the mood, huh? To go do the Big Bank or something. Uh, actually, it's Just a lot kidding. of like Mac Miller. Mac Miller does it for me, honestly. Um, but like get to like get comfortable. You just got to like try and have fun. Uh, like listen to good music when you're on grid. Yes. Uh, like it's all all those like little things, like just getting comfortable, and then like bigger faster tracks like start out slow like don't don't do what i did and uh full send uh into the first quarter and then you smash your car like two hours into the event and then you're screwed the rest of the time like 
I don't know, just start out slow. That's what I did when I was starting to get comfortable again. And I would just start out like, uh, like essentially autocrossing and then you start low angle, then you start full sense. Um, but yeah, the competition I can't really speak on because I've literally done one competition and it was a lot of fun, but I just don't have the experience. That would probably be more so you. Uh, I don't have the appropriate experience. So answer this the best way I can. Um, one, I still haven't done the low horsepower thing successfully yet. Um, I feel I've done the the moderate horsepower thing successfully, and and what I deem successful would be just showing up to a track and be able to complete the course, and I've barely be able to do that. Uh, that's my fuck up. Um, I will say getting on a sim rig and understanding uh, throttle input and clutch kicking uh, when appropriate is probably the most beneficial. Um, the reason I say that it's on my sim rig is throttle and clutch kicking is because that's the way I've set the car up and stuff like that on the sim rig itself. Or the cars that I have driven was just to kind of do that and know when to clutch kick and stuff like that and get around yeah, the course appropriately. Yeah, that's actually, that's that's a big thing that's kind of interesting to think about because throughout my driving, there's definitely been a lot of times where it's like I've, I've definitely clutch kicked at the wrong time uh-huh. and you just like spin or you don't clutch kick at the right time and you straighten. Yep. Um, whereas like, yeah, the sim helps a lot with that because tells you when right right and then you get that repetitiveness of just being on the same track over and over um i think it's it's partially the reason why i decided to move up in horsepower on my car uh but at the same time it's probably just because i fucking wanted to you're right doesn't Uh, matter what yeah yeah as long as you wanted to that's all that matters yeah exactly it's my money uh But yeah, uh, as far as driving faster tracks, uh, commitment is a big thing. It's really weird. Like I was super confident in my E46 to a certain extent where I remember just right before I broke the axle and I crashed in the E46, I was just going up to the fucking the wall at Irwindale and just clutch kicking in like um, very comfortably. I would I would have problems when I would go to transition for other reasons, um, just because you know I was doing that poorly, but I was very comfortable initiating and going around the big bank with like four hundred horsepower, um, in my opinion. Even like I even had Jeff Jones come up to me and be like, "Hey, you're doing fine on the banks. Your transitions are terrible." Um, he didn't say that in so many words because he, he's not that type of person to say that, but he was, he would give you positive notes where you would need to, where you were fine and, and give you notes where you should clean up. And that's something I, I remembered in tw- from 2019 uh, when he was a judge for the Drift League. Uh, I think that is a thing. Um, and then don't get too comfortable. Remember, you are human and able to make mistakes and you can fuck yeah. yourself up. That is very important. That yeah. is very important. Um, if you if you hear or feel something funny in your car, shut it down and take a look. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking keep going. One hundred percent. You might write off a whole car for it, uh, yeah. or a, or a clutch twice, or a motor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a bell housing. Yeah. Uh, the well, the bell housing saved the car, so 
Uh, we'll be good with that. Uh, don't run a cast flywheel. Uh, we'll go to your next question, which is from Adam B Racing. I'm going to hit him up soon. Actually, I'll hit him up tonight. Uh, do you use a knife or a spoon to spread peanut butter? Uh, a knife. Yes, I that's mean, a trick question. You should use a spoon if you ever use one. Once you do it, you're like, what the fuck? I guess. It's, I don't know. I've, I've just never had issues. I don't really eat a whole lot of PBJs, though. Uh, that's fair. Have have you wait? Have we done a peanut butter and banana sandwich? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. That that stuff is so good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, fucking CPT three fifty Z asked, chunky or smooth peanut butter? And that's a fair question, and it depends on the day. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the day and like what type of sandwich you're making. So I'm like a big fan of peanut butter and Nutella. So if I'm doing that, it's got to be like smooth peanut butter. Yeah, that makes sense. But like with jelly, it's nice to have that extra texture. Yeah, a little crunch. Mm-hmm. Sure. mm-hmm. All right. And then uh, Adam asked another question. Pineapple pizza, amazing or disgusting? I, I personally like pineapple on pizza. I like pineapple and jalapeno on pizza. That's pretty good. I grew up with, with pineapple and uh, pepperoni. That's, yeah. That's that awesome. was, uh, my dad fucking ordered that a lot growing up when I was playing like fucking uh, Sonic 2 on Sega. Hell yeah. Dude, or uh, uh, Sonic Adventure. Have you played that game? No. Uh, you know what's funny is my son's super into fucking video games and he has, I bought him a, a Sega, an original Sega yeah. Genesis. So he plays Sonic 2 all the time. Dude, I remember, yeah, when I was when I was a kid, my dad had a Dreamcast, and I would play Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two like religiously. That's all I would do. I remember having a Dreamcast, but not for long. We grew up poor, so it didn't last very long. Uh, <laughs> but it's like that, man. It it is, but it's good now. I mean, Sorry. my dad didn't have a race car. Fuck him. Not fuck him, <laughs> but you know, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Yeah, so. but. So. All right, man. Thank you for coming on. How can people find you if they want to get in touch with you or follow you on Instagram or social media um, in general? Yeah, yeah. So it's just Yibu. So it's Y-E-E-E-B-O-O-O. Three E's, three O's. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently started a new YouTube called Yurashi TV. It's U-R-E-S-H-I TV. And I'm just doing like all the homies drift stuff there as soon as I am able to. Um my personal YouTube is linked on my Instagram. I just do like build stuff or if, if you want to find me, just type in uh, FRSBRZGT86 PBM diff and subframe risers and you'll probably find me. Um, I think that's one of my most watched videos. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm always trying to have a good time. So if you're trying to have a good time at US Air or Great Lakes Dragway or you want to get tips or drive together, let me know. We'll have some fun. Every day's a party. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I had enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Uh, you have a good night. And you we too, will sir. talk again soon, man. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one, man. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you later.